Yeah, we're going to continue in this series uh, going through the Sermon on the Mount. And as you can see, what Jesus says is pretty difficult, <laughs> like what Russ was saying before. And um, yeah, last week, last week we were talking about oaths and Jesus teaching on, on truth-telling. Um, and we said the way of Jesus is to be people that are so true to our word that people would never need to ask us to take an oath. Um, and before that, we've looked at other teachings Jesus has given on anger, on uh, adultery and lust, divorce, and a few other things. And Jesus just like gets right down to the nitty-gritty of, of major issues of life. And what he's doing is saying, what does it look like to live in his kingdom? What does it look like to be transformed and renewed at a heart level so we actually follow and become like him? And what's really important as we go through the series we've been, been saying this is that it's not, it's, these are not laws that we try really hard to obey. But these are what it looks like when our heart's been changed, when we're living in the kingdom, it expresses itself in this way. So the goal is not to try really hard to force ourselves to do what it says, but to walk with Jesus and become the kind of people that will do what Jesus does. It's this continual practice and growth in the way of Jesus. So the standard is huge, right? But it's about, that's the direction, that's where we're going. One day, when Jesus' kingdom fully comes, everyone will live like this. And we, the call on our lives is now to start to live like that now, by His grace, by His power, by His Spirit. So we're going to go through and look at this teaching on, on retaliation today. Um, you've probably heard these verses before. Um, they're, they're quite challenging, also quite difficult to interpret. I've had to work really hard this week. And there's different, tra- different interpretations on this. There's, there's people who debate over even translation issues on this. Um, so I'm just going to present to you where I've kind of landed. Um, but again, I really encourage you to take, take what I share today and, and study for yourself, um, discuss with each other. There's a whole lot of questions that this teaching raises as well, and I'm not really going to be able to answer many of them today. Um, but again, I encourage you to discuss them together or come and, come and chat to me. But I'm just going to sort of try and get to the heart of what Jesus is saying and think about why this is actually really awesome and really powerful. As well. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll look at these verses together. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, and just declare that, that you are here, that the Lord is here. You're right at hand. You're present with us. And you spoke these words, Lord, to, to people thousands of years ago on the hillside, you were teaching, and now you speak them to us. They're translated they're, they're from different language in your word. But they're here, and you're here, and would you help us to listen to you today? Um, Lord, just take my words and, 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 and um, just speak, speak through me, Lord, and speak to each of our hearts, and just have your way, Jesus, in this place, we pray. Amen. Cool. So, we'll get straight into it. So, Jesus has got this pattern that he's going through. He's going through different commands in the old law, and he's taking them, and he's getting to the heart. What's actually the, really the heart what does it really look like to live transformed in God's kingdom? So he takes this old law. Um, that's Pete, can you just click on the um, slides? It's not working there. That's good. So he said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Right? This is actually a law in the Old Testament. And it's, it's about retaliation. It's about justice. It's about personal injury. And it kind of sounds a bit brutal in some ways, um, right? Like if you poke my eye out, 
I get to procure it. Like, it's like, oh, that's a bit weird. But it was actually an advancement in, in civilization, right? Because often it, the whole point of it was equality and justice and limiting revenge. Because, right, there's this sort of ingrained thing that we want revenge often when someone hurts us, we want to get back. But often it will go beyond what was done and get worse and worse and worse. It's very, very difficult to not retaliate or to limit the retaliation. There's this story that I read, just a made-up story this week that was interesting. It was about this guy who was in America somewhere. He was um, having dinner at like a diner, something, just eating a hamburger and some coffee and so forth. And um, some bikies came in. So guys on motorcycles, three, three motorcycles parked outside, bikies come in. And they just start giving this guy a really hard time. They, they, they sit down next to him. They start like pushing him and shoving him. They start eating his chips. They start drinking his coffee, having bites out of his hamburger, just calling him names, all sorts of stuff. And this guy just sits there and takes it. And then eventually he gets up, he walks to the counter, and he pays for his food, and he walks out the door and drives away. And the waitress takes the money and so forth. She goes out to see how he's going, sees him driving away at him tonight, and she comes back into the store. And the bikies are sort of like, think they're like, oh, this guy, he's not a man at all. Like, he doesn't stand up to us at all. And like, what do you think of him? And the waitress says, well, I don't really know if he's a man or not, but I sure know that he's not a very good truck driver because as he left, he ran over three motorbikes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you hear a story like that, right? And like, yeah, they got him. Like, that's right. Like, like, there's this ingrained, it's like, yeah, chips and motorbikes is not really fair, right? <laughs> like, um, but this, this, so this law, is about, this law is about limiting retaliation. This is, this is from Leviticus. Um, uh, that's just gone off again. I'll just... So in Leviticus 24, it says, Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who's inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. That's that one there. And then in Exodus as well. But if there is serious injury, you're going to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Right? This idea, and the, the goal is to limit it, right? Like if, if this person breaks this person's arm, it's fair that the other person should have their arm broken. Now, eventually, some people say this didn't always work out literally that it would end up being some sort of compensation, similar to what we do today even. Like if, if someone broke their arm, what's really the value of that? They need to pay them that, that value and, and, and so forth, that sort of thing. And this, this was also true for property and other things. And the goal is to, to limit um, revenge, to seek justice, to seek equality. Um, that, that was sort of the goal. But really, that's, that's good, but often still doesn't really solve the problem, right? Like if, if, if someone calls you a name and you call them a name back, you don't really say like, okay, we're done now, now we're good. Like, like it, it doesn't really work like that. Often we actually need something greater than this. And this is where Jesus goes to the heart. And he says, what does it look like in his kingdom? And he says, it was like this, right? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, fight back, be fair. But Jesus now says this, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Now this is very different. And, and this, this verse even, again, has some translation 
difficulties. And what, what do you mean, Jesus, don't resist? And are we not supposed to resist evil? Well, no, there's, there's other times when Jesus tells us to resist evil. There's other times when Jesus tells us, go and confront your brother who's in sin. Like, point out his sin. Like, like that's, so there's times for that. But he says this, instead of, was I for an eye? But now I'm telling you, don't resist an evil person. Some other translations highlight this a little bit differently. The good news says this. But now I tell you, do not take revenge on someone who wrongs you. So the context, right, is a personal wrong. Someone that personally attacks, personally injures you, personally hurts you. Do not take revenge. Don't resist them. Don't stand against them. Um, one other commentator commentates at this. Do not ever try to get even with the evil one. So an evil person, a person who's done evil to you, do not ever try and get evil with Get even with them. Don't fight back. Don't retaliate. Do not resist an evil person. Jesus then gives some examples of this. And we're going to go through these, these four verses. Again, different, different, people different ideas about exactly how to interpret what Jesus is saying. And I think sometimes the, the, the way we go wrong with these verses and why they're so hard is because we think of them as, as literal commands that we have to do exactly what Jesus is saying all the time. Whereas I think what Jesus is saying is giving examples of what does his heart look like. What would it look like to live this way rather than the old way? And then he expresses it in these four examples or illustrations. So the first one you've probably heard before. He says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Again, this, this can be interpreted in different ways, but it seems that the slap is not so much about the physical attack, but as the insult. That in the culture, to slap someone, particularly by the back of the hand, to slap someone on the cheek, is an extreme insult to them. It says they're inferior, it says they're worthless, and Jesus says, in that situation, the natural response, right, when you're insulted, when someone degrades you, the natural response is either to try and insult them back, degrade them, or at least to defend ourselves, defend our honour, defend our name. But Jesus says, when someone slaps you, when someone insults you, stay open and vulnerable even to them. I People disagree, but I don't really think Jesus is talking here about like a physical attack. Like I don't think he's saying someone hits you with a baseball bat, let them hit you again with the baseball. Like that's that's not like, like whether that's true or not. I don't think that's really the point of this verse. Um, I think this is more about insult. But he says when someone insults you, take it and actually stay open to them. He then says if anyone sue, wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Now this is this is interesting for a few different reasons. One is that people back then probably only had these two items of clothing often. The shirt would be like the undergarment, and then the coat would be this, this big thing they um, have over them, and then they would even use as a blanket at night. And there's even laws in the Old Testament that if, if you had to give your coat to someone, like if you owed them money and you had to give them your coat because that's all you had, um, they had to give it back to you at night so that you could sleep. But Jesus here is saying, if someone sues you, so if someone come probably unjustly, is attacking you using legal means, don't use legal means to defend yourself. Actually, go beyond what the law even requires of you and bless them, even if it means you're going to be naked 
which is potentially what he's saying in this, this, this verse. That actually, that might be all that they had. It's actually, I would rather go naked than fight back and attack you. Which is, which is very challenging, right? But he, he, he's challenging, like, especially this eye for eye. It's like, I know my rights. I know the law. If you've done this, I can do this. And now Jesus is saying, well, if someone comes against you with the law, actually go beyond the law to bless them and to seek their good. He then says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Again, the context of this is, is really important. The, the, the context of this is the Jews who are in Jerusalem are under Roman occupation. And the Roman soldiers had a, had a law where they could ask someone they're occupying to carry their pack for them, but they could only ask it for one mile. So imagine you're a Jewish person and you're there on your way to work, walking, it's a nice start of the day, and there's a Roman soldier who's tired, and he says, hey, you, grab my bag and walk that way, one mile, and you have to do it. You have no choice. Like, like that's actually a legal requirement, right, that you, that you walk that one mile. But again, Jesus says, people who are oppressors, right, like, this is, this is not just, this is, this is not right that a human being can just command someone to take their pack. But Jesus says, do it. And don't do it just because you legally have to. Don't do the legal bare minimum that you have to do what they say. But actually, do more. Actually, do it joyfully. Actually, bless this person and serve this person beyond what they're asking you for. Then lastly, he says, give to the one who asks. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. This is, again, like normally back then people would give right to their family, to their friends, to people who have some, some like right to ask. But Jesus here, it seems he's more emphasizing the people. It's not, it's not give the things that's important, but the people give to whoever asks. It's not that they have to have some claim, but simply that they have a need. Again, we can take this wrong, right? And, and then, then you might come to me after the service and say, hey, Tim, give me all your money. Like it says, give to the money. It's like, it's like again, it's not, it's not Jesus says we have to do that exact thing every time. But it's this, this heart behind it of, of giving, even when someone may be taking advantage of us, that we still give or still have a heart to give. Some situations, it's not appropriate, right? Some situations, the best thing for the person is to not give, right? So we're always thinking about what's best for them. I'm trying to summarize these four examples, and there's a natural response, right? Natural response to insult is to defend our honor, defend our name, or fight back. Natural response to someone coming against us is to assert our legal rights, stand on them, guard them. Natural response when we have to or forced to do something is we serve the bare minimum. Natural response when we're asked for something is we give to family, friends, someone who have a claim on us. Jesus, though, is talking, what does it look like to live in his kingdom with the heart that's like his? And he says, when we're insulted, we remain vulnerable, remain open to this person. When people come against us, we actually let go of our legal rights and bless. And again, I'm not saying, I don't think he's saying that there's never a time to use legal means. I don't think that's the point. Again, the heart. Let go of rights and bless. When someone wants us to do something, we serve beyond what is required and give simply to those who ask. 
A lot of what I'm sharing has come from um, Dallas Willard's interpretation of this, and he, he says this just to kind of summarize. He said, within the human order, the presumption, though, like the natural response, right, is that you return harm for harm. You resist evil, like, offensively like that. That you only do what legal force requires you to do, and that you only give to those who have some prior claim on you, those who are family or who have done you a favor. That's like the natural response, right? Particularly stand on our rights, guard our rights, we know our rights, we stick to our rights, we defend our rights, like, like that's kind of the natural response. But he says the presumption is precisely reversed once we stand within the kingdom. So Jesus flips this. There the presumption, the presumption of the kingdom is that I will return good for evil and resist only for compelling reasons. That I will do more than I strictly must in order to help others. And that I will give to people merely because they've asked me for something they need. It's this heart of generous, self-giving love to people who are against us. When people come against us, we actually move towards them. This is the way of Jesus. I've summarized it this way. The way of Jesus is to let go of retaliating and asserting personal rights and instead overcome evil with good. It's just this letting go and this moving towards in love. This is reflected again throughout the New Testament in, in different verses. I'm just going to share just a few just to um, show that like the apostles um, reset this in different ways as well. This is from Romans 12, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. This, is, this actually makes sense in a sense, right? Like, even though it's so ingrained into us, right? Like, when I'm teaching kids at school and they're, like, in a fight, the natural response is, like, he hit me first, so I hit him back. And it's like, in their mind, that's completely just. But it's like, it's still wrong to hit someone. Like, like or, or, like... This person insulted, this person gossiped about me, so I gossiped about them. It's like, well, gossip is still evil. Like, like, doing it back is still doing evil. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15, make sure no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And 1 Peter Three nine. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. That's so good. Jesus flips this. Instead of asserting rights, evil for evil, instead give good. Don't retaliate. But it's not. But Jesus' teaching is extreme, right? Like his 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 teaching is not just don't retaliate. It's actually move toward. It's actually not just don't do evil to the evil person, but actually do good. Actually give a blessing. Move towards. And again, this is, this is hard, right? Like particularly, I think, again, in our culture, our rights are so ingrained into us. Our, our, our ability to assert what's ours, know what's ours, stand on it, is just taken for granted that that's what we do. Um, so to let go of that, Seems crazy. And I'm sure there's, there's questions coming up. What about defense? What about safety? Like, I think all those questions are valid and need to be worked through as well. Again, I think this is mostly talking about personal attack. right? I, I, I don't really think he's necessarily talking about like physical attack, but attack to honor, legal, um, 
forced service, these, these sort of things. He do doesn't say anywhere, right, to turn someone else's cheek. Right? If someone else is being insulted, or someone else is being taken advantage, that we force them, we empower the, the oppressor, like we stand up for other people. This is, this is about personal retaliation, letting go, and moving towards in love. So I'll just give you some reasons why I think this is actually good. Why Jesus' teaching is good. And why maybe following this, although it can be difficult, could actually be liberating. I think that there's a freedom that comes with this to love. That actually, we can spend a whole lot of energy and time and effort defending and standing upon our rights, particularly when someone wrongs us, particularly if someone insults us, even if it's not deliberate, right? Sometimes even if it's accidental, our world can become consumed with that person so easily that, that they've done the wrong thing and I need to get back at them and they need to know what they've done and they need to apologize. And, and, and we can just become consumed and reactive to that person, right? But actually, what if we were just to let go of all of that and say... No matter how you treat me, I'm still going to love you. Like, and you just lose, let go of all the energy, all the time that's spent trying to defend self, trying to protect self, trying to assert self. Just, just let it all go and just say, actually, I'm just going to love. And however you treat me, I'm going to love you. And if you don't accept that, I'm still going to love you. And, and actually, this actually reflects God and actually can bring a freedom. Actually, I don't have to defend my name. I don't have to defend... My honor, I don't have to defend my property. I can actually just love. There's a freedom that can come. Dallas Willard puts it like this when we take the big picture, right? Because again, when, when you're personally wronged, that can become our world, right? We, we get consumed with that issue. But it actually, stand back, take the big picture, the picture of the kingdom that Jesus is talking about. He says this we can be vulnerable because we are, in the end, simply invulnerable. That actually, people may hurt us, and Jesus definitely is not saying it doesn't hurt, it will hurt, right? But, in the end, nothing can separate us from God's love. No one can actually destroy us or hurt us, because we're secure in Christ. All of our stuff is Jesus' stuff anyway, that he's given us and belongs to us. His plans and purposes for our lives will come to pass. We can stay vulnerable, because ultimately, when we take the big picture... We are invulnerable. We are secure. We're secure in God. He's our rock. He's our refuge. No one can actually touch us. And it's actually a freedom to let go and move toward love in that way. There's also the opportunity to surprise people. That actually, in all these situations, Jesus is really talking about being surprising, right? Like, like this is not a natural response when someone hurts you. And actually, when, when we don't respond with the natural way, it can actually disarm others. It can actually surprise others and actually transform others even. Now, not always, right? That may not happen all the time, but there's, there's many stories throughout history when that's happened. Um, one, again, that, that just comes to mind, again, this is just a fictional story, but it illustrates it, is um, the bishop in, in Les Mis. She probably knows, may know the story of Jean Valjean, who's this convict, and he comes out and ends up staying with this bishop. Um, and um, the bishop just cares for him, lets him stay with him. But at night, Jean Valjean leaves and, and steals from the bishop. He steals some um, candlesticks. Yeah, yeah. It takes, takes him, he's gone. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> and, um, and 
then gets caught by the police, right? The police catch him, they bring him back to the bishop, and you can imagine the police are like happy they've caught this, this burglar. Um, you can imagine that Jean Valjean is scared what's going to happen, and the bishop says something along the lines, you can correct me if I'm wrong, something along the lines of like, um, thank you for coming back. Like, you forgot, what was it, what did you forget? Silverware. Like, you forgot to take the silverware as well. Like, I was so worried that you left without silverware. Like, here you go. Like, and, and, and it surprises him, right? And this story leads to his transformation, like this, this surprising grace that leads to transformation. Now, that may not always happen, but, but there's stories of that happening. Right? I, I, I read one this week of a, a guy who became a Christian, right? He's a, like, NFL footy player and, and just, like, tackled and attacked and, and just, and just yeah, rejected by, by another player. And the natural response right, would be to fight back, especially a footy player. And he just said, well, because of Jesus, I love you anyway. And, and this, this player again said that, that just surprised him. Changed his whole perspective and just like, it takes him right off guard. This is um, what Bruno says, Jesus commands neither fight nor flight, but a third way. Stay right there and do something surprising. Actually surprise them. When someone comes against us, actually move towards them and surprise them. And finally, that this way, though it may be difficult, is actually a call to follow in the footsteps of Christ. That this is actually the way Jesus lived. First Peter 2 even says this specifically, talking about unjust suffering. He says this, to this you were called. Right? God calls us to this. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Like all of Jesus' suffering was not at all because of anything he did, right? He did not deserve any of it. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. When everyone put this evil on Jesus, he bore it. He held it. And he defeated it through his death. Right? That this is how Jesus has treated us. And he calls us to walk in his footsteps and treat others in the same way. I love that verse in Romans that, that God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We rebelled against him. We rejected him. We have broken his law. We have fallen short. We have hurt his creation. We have hurt others. And he could repay us justly. But he does not retaliate. He bears it on the cross and dies and replaces good for evil. Again, we may think this is, this is impossible to do, but it is, right, in the natural. It's only possible because of Christ. The news of the gospel, the news of this kingdom is that Jesus has died for us and actually gives us new life and actually calls us now to walk and follow him and slowly by the power of His Spirit, live this transformed life to actually become like Him. And it's only possible with Him. This is what N.T. Wright says, impossible 
Well, yes, at one level. But again, Jesus' teaching isn't just good advice, it's good news. Jesus did it all himself. And he opened up a new way of being human so that all who follow him can discover. It's actually Jesus' life, his resurrection life, his power is the only way to do this. When they mocked him, he didn't respond. When they challenged him, he told quizzical, sometimes humorous stories that forced them to think differently. When they struck him, he took the pain. When they put the worst bit of Roman equipment on his back, the heavy cross piece on which he would be killed, he carried it out of the city to the place of his own execution. When they nailed him to the cross, he prayed for them. That that's what God is like. Right? He is the God who returns good for evil. That he's done that for us. And he calls us to follow him and walk with him and go on this journey becoming more like him so that even when people come against us, our heart can still be for them in love. We can lay down the need to retaliate. We can no longer stand on personal rights and instead overcome evil with good. Again, that may have brought up many questions and thoughts. Encourage, courage discussion, encourage thinking, courage study to walk through. But just as we finish um, today, maybe just trying to bring it right down to home, even just right maybe this week. Um, maybe there's someone that's hurt you this week. Or recently, they're, they're, they've done evil, right? And Jesus doesn't say that what this person done is not evil. Like, he calls them an evil person, right? Maybe there's someone, and, and there's, there's been this, this desire to retaliate, this desire to fight back, desire to protect, to stand on rights, to get out. And, and maybe that's there, and maybe just as we finish... Maybe God's even bringing someone to mind. And just as we finish, I'm going to pray in a sec. Maybe even just hold that person in your hand. And just feel it, right? Like, like it hurts. But take that to the cross. And look at Jesus. And look at him carrying and bearing our evil. And how much it hurt him. And how much he's loved us. And, and bring that person to God and by His power and His strength release them, even ask for grace to be able to bless them and move towards them. And, and let's step into this way of Jesus together. So I'm going to pray. Maybe if you've got someone to just really bring them before God and, and seek to release them and, and, to, and to start this, this journey. So Father, we just... Thank you that, that you, God, your love is, is way, way, way bigger and greater than, than we could imagine. God, that, that you are the God who loves his enemies, who does good to those who wrong him. You are the God who would send your son to die for sinners. And Jesus, you are the one who, who bore it when you were attacked, did not retaliate, did not insult, but bore it and overcame evil with good. And Lord, just in our hearts and in our week, in our right now, Father, just the people that have hurt us, uh, the people that stand against us, um, the people that are treating us unjustly and unfairly, Father, we release to you and ask for your power, Jesus, and your presence and your grace to bless, to repay good for evil, um, to move towards and Father, we pray for wisdom as to what that looks like. 
Um, in our specific situation, Father, we pray for your spirit um, to show us how to reflect Christ and to walk. And Father, we pray for freedom. We pray for ability to surprise people and pray for just for the, the, the strength and the faith to follow you, Jesus, and, and follow the call that you've, you've given to walk differently and to walk your way. Um, so God, make us a community of people, Lord, who have given up retaliation, who let go of our rights and walk in love. Have your way in our hearts today, we pray. Amen.